0: Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. In the name of Allah, the most beneficent, the most merciful. The Islamic Propagation Office at Rabwa is pleased to present to you this lecture. Entitled, What is Kufr? By, by, by. Jamal Zarabaza.
1: Last lecture for this in inshallah. We want to discuss some uh, aspects related to Aqidah. Uh, By the way, for the sisters, this is some of the uh, things that we wrote on the board earlier that you didn't get to see, now you need to see them. It wouldn't help you much, now, I'm sure. Aqidah uh, and the importance of Aqidah uh, of, you know, within Islam it's important, it should be I think recognized by all of us because the first and the foremost thing that that Islam in fact is all about is the belief what do we believe in Islam? or is the Ha'idah, in fact Ha'idah if you go to the Quran you don't find the expression Ha'idah Ha'idah is an expression that is, well, has been brought up and used by the religious scholars and they are using it for something that is uh, the term in the Quran is something else. The term that the Quran uses for this topic of aqidah and what we should believe in and so forth is iman. So when we talk about the importance of uh, uh, and having the right aqidah and understanding our aqidah and so forth, we are actually talking about iman, having the right iman and the right faith, knowing what it means to be a believer, knowing what to believe in and so forth. Well among among the important aspects uh, that we need aqeel for One of these important aspects is to know when we remain a Muslim And when in fact we leave the realm of Islam and into the realm of Islam Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes or quotes the Jews in the Quran and their behavior.
0: And says
1: that they 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 believed that the hell fire would only touch them for a few days. And this is something that they they made up in their religion and they were they were deceived by it. In other words, they began to believe in it, it's not correct, even according to their own religion. And they begin to believe in it and they were deceived because of their because of their incorrect belief. Thinking that because they are Jews, nothing will happen to them and if anything happens to them, then in fact, even if they are punished by Allah, they will only be punished for a few days in the earth. And of course, Christians have a similar belief that once you become a Christian, that's it, you are then going to be saved. Now unfortunately this kind of concept, this kind of belief has spread among many Muslims. The idea that simply by making the shahada you become Muslim. And then once you're a Muslim, that's it. You are Muslim alhamdulillah, and the after you will be in jannah First of all, of course there are some conditions for the shahada to be acceptable to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those are the seven or eight uh, well-known conditions. Because because of the time limitations that we have, I will not not go into them. But the important thing is that even after you are Muslim, it is true as the Prophet Muhammad says that if anyone dies as a Muslim, then sooner or later, if anyone dies as a Muslim with the correct belief, he's a believer. Then sooner or later, he will enter into Jannah. Anyone who dies untaught as a believer living in the Prophet and in his message correctly then sooner or later he will enter Jinnah alhamdulillah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will never allow any believer to be punished in the hellfire forever and if they are punished they will be punished for a specific amount of time depending on their deeds and so on alhamdulillah what this means is that as long as we stay within the realms of Islam we don't leave Islam and enter into Kumr, inshallah, by the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, someday we will enter Jannah. But, the point, but we have to realize then, what are the limits of Islam? How do we make sure? How do we make sure that we are within those limits of Islam? And one way that we make sure that we are in those limits of Islam is to understand those actions those beliefs and all those behaviors that take us outside of the realm of Islam. Because when we do these things, when we do these actions, when we do these acts of comfort that take us outside of the realm of Islam, sometimes even if we do them in ignorance, sometimes even if we do them in ignorance, they take us outside of the realm of Islam and if we should die in that state, we will affect that in the Kaaba. Wana and spend the hereafter in the hellfire. Wana we So it is essential for us to understand that even, even if we make the Shahada, even if we pray five times a day and fast the month of Ramadan and so on and so forth, even if we do all of these things, but we have something in our lives that is negating our Islam. Even if we do all these things, we pray and fast and so on, we have to be careful that we have nothing in our life, either action or belief, that is such that takes us outside of the realm of Islam. Now it could be the case, it could be the case that we are doing something that is wrong, that is cruelt, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive that kupr because of our ignorance. This could be the case. Well, this is clear in many hadith of the Prophet sallallahu الله عليه وسلم. that it is possible for someone to make over but not be outside of the realm of Islam and one, one example of that is the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu الله عليه وسلم, in which the, uh, a man had committed lots of sins during his lifetime so he was afraid of the punishment of Allah sallallahu wa he was afraid of the punishment of Allah sallallahu wa so before he died when he was about to die he asked his children that when he dies to, to take his body and to, what they call I guess now his creation, to burn his body and to throw the ashes into the ocean. They did so. Well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala recreated the man after his death and said, why did you ask your children to do that? And he said, out of fear of you, O Allah. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave him. Now this belief that he had he believed that if his children burnt him alive and threw him into the, uh, threw a into the sea he believed that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would not be able to recreate him and punish him for his sins This is common. This is pure, pure common. If, if you believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't have the power for example to recreate you no matter how you die This is comfort So he had a belief Which is cool But we know, that we see in the hadith, that this Qumran was out of ignorance and he had the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.
0: In other words, he believed in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he had the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.
1: And so therefore Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives his ignorance and because of his fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives his sins. So it could be the case that someone is doing some of these actions that that I'm going to describe, inshallah, out of ignorance and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may forgive that ignorance may overlook that ignorance but we don't know because some of these things are things which are essential to a man and to Islam that we should know as far as him and perhaps we have the ability to learn it but we just didn't take the time or, or take the, the chance to learn it and we didn't consider it important and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as <laughs> Ibn Muqayya and I group, not and requires us to learn these things, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala holds us responsible for our intention. That if we had to chance if we had the chance to learn what was kupah, but we didn't care if we need to learn what was squad and we didn't care even if we did an action with kupa, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala still holds us responsible even if we did an action out of ignorance. So instead of, inshallah, relying on Allah's forgiveness that if we do some of these actions, that He will forgive us. Instead, it's better for us to know what are some of these actions that take us from the realm of Islam into Google. Know them, understand them properly, and then inshallah we can do our best to avoid them. Well, the scholars, alhamdulillah, they have uh, discussed actually many, many actions that can take you... From the realm of, of Islam to the book, but most of these actions basically are, in essence, so they are kind of finer, finer discussions of a basic point. And we can, we can take those actions and we can break them down into uh, ten or eleven or twelve basic categories. And well, these are some of the ones that I, I hope to, uh, I hope to discuss today. And I will start not necessarily with the most famous or the most important of them, but I will discuss them uh, with respect to uh, what are some of the more important ones that we see. We see this phenomena either among the Muslims in the United States or the Muslims throughout the Muslim world. One of these ways of taking you from Islam and Kubra is by making fun of any aspect of the Deen making fun of any aspect of the Deen this happened during the time of the Prophet. as we know among the Sahara or among the people of Medina those who claim to be Muslims were in the group of Munafiqin, of hypocrites and once that something happened and they made fun of the Messenger of Allah and something related to the Deen and when this was brought to the attention of the Prophet he asked them about it and he said oh we were just joking, we were just making fun well, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala then revealed the verse of the Quran Wa ayat he war throughun la tafi but kohatkum badimate. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said it is it telling the Prophet to ask him, Is it Allah or His signs or His Messenger that you are making fun of? Do not make any excuse for yourself. You have made kufr after your man. And this is a situation that you can, that you can claim that they were ignorant. They did not know that making fun of Islam as a type of kuhr. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says make no excuse for yourself to have made kuhr after you Amen. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is clearly describing that this action is an action of kuhrh. You to understand what is Iman really And what this kind of action is And how this action is clearly against Or could possibly come from anyone Who really has Iman in his heart We will see, we will understand That everything in Islam Everything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Has commanded us to believe in or to do and so on
2: all of it comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala <laughs> all of it is tough, and all of it is things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala <laughs> loves
1: and the things that Allah wants us to implement and to perform
0: but when we make fun of any of these aspects
1: we are not just making fun of the person who is doing it but we are making fun and ridiculing really something that is beloved to Allah subhanahu <laughs> We are ridiculing really something that is beloved for Allah subhanahu ta'ala. And unfortunately, many Muslims make this kind of qurr. Especially throughout the Muslim world. InshaAllah, not so much among the American converts. But throughout the Muslim world, many, many Muslims make this kind of qurr. While well, they have to be very careful about it and ask Allah subhanahu ta'ala to forgive them and to make qurr as soon as they can. If they see, for example, especially in some countries, if they see a Muslim, for example, a Muslim man who is devoted or speaking to the Sunnah, he is growing a beard, for example, he is going to the mosque, he is dressed according to the Sunnah, then they will make fun of him. Especially in many clothes, such as myself, when they grow a beard, the beard doesn't look as nice as other people. Or beard. So they make fun of the beards that these, that these brothers have. While they are growing a beard, because the beard is part of the sunnah of, uh, of the Prophet Muhammad, and there's an obligation in Islam and that's why they grow the beard. And people make fun of their beards and make fun of their appearance in beards, in fact they are making fun of the deen of and this in fact is a So it's not a minor issue not something even to joke about, there's nothing in the deen of Allah s.a.w. to make fun of, to jest about, or to ridicule And if anyone does it, even even jokingly, obviously claiming to be jokingly, is actually done an act of kuhd (laughs) لا تعتبروا قد تقتلوا طعيمانا And on the women also, for example many women who, who cover their faces they are ridiculed by those women who cannot cover their faces I, uh, I even heard a speech by one brother who was very well known and his speech was videotaped and it was part of a class that he was given and then and the topic the series of lectures was about Atila the whole series of lectures was about Atila and in one of the lectures he was making fun of women who cover their faces and how they have to walk when they cover their faces in a series of lectures about, I think that the person actually did something which most likely is common.
2: And we taking an action that is approved by the Sharia or commanded by the Sharia or mustahab in the eyes of the
1: Sharia and making it. Well, this means that we have to be very careful about ourselves, especially when we know in an American least. Uh, on the West, I don't find it so much when I live in the East. <laughs> people in the West they have more they sense of humor than the people in uh, the East. Lots, lots, of, uh, lots of American American Muslims they like to make jokes. And they have to realize that there's a limit to what they can make jokes about and what they can not make jokes about. But beyond making jokes just in the sake of, of humor but also ridiculing. Going beyond making jokes and ridiculing those people who are applying the Sunnah and ridiculed some aspect of Islam, this is poor. This is pure poor. And that is, as I said, an action that takes us from the realm of Islam into the realm of court. The second action, to somewhat uh, also unfortunately, Something that was a phenomenon which in the last 100 uh, years or so we also see among the Muslims, both in this country and
2: throughout the Muslim
1: world. This is the actual
2: disliking of something in the Sharia.
1: Allah says ذلك الله But that is so that they disliked something that a Muslim had revealed, and so all of the deeds were made of no avail. All of their deeds then were vain. And if someone is a Muslim, but when he dislikes something that a Muslim wa God had revealed, then all of his good deeds will be enough, because he has made a deed, he has performed the deed that takes him from Islam into Islam.
2: And again, if we understand what Iman is all about, if we understand what it means to be a true Muslim, we will understand why this act is an act of hope. Because one of the aspects
1: of the Iman, The true believer, especially the one who has the the complete belief, but even actually it is an essential aspect of Iman. There's no question that it is an essential aspect of Iman to love what (laughs) Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves (laughs) and to hate what Allah (laughs) subhanahu wa ta'ala hates. This is an essential aspect and essential characteristic of a believer. That he must love what (laughs) what (laughs) Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves. And he hates what Allah hates, And this goes
2: from being a believer in Allah and loving Allah ta'ala more than you do love anything
1: else. If one person, for example, if, uh, if for example, uh, a man loves his wife and he knows that his wife loves to see certain things around her and she likes to do certain things, then if he has a strong love for, for her, then he will do the best to make sure that those things that his wife likes she will always have available to her, or always will be right, of course assuming they halal and those things that she dislikes, he will do his best to make sure that she doesn't have to come apart this is if he has a, a real strong love for his wife well the love, of course that the believer should have towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala <laughs> should be greater than any kind of see in the dunya. We should love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more than our fathers, our brothers, our wives, our children, and so forth. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah al in. in uh, I don't remember the beginning of the verse. <laughs>
2: <تصفيق> إن أهل كنائس
1: مقدسة، إنكم أهل كنائس مقدسة، إنكم أهل كنائس مقدسة، إنكم
2: أهل كنائس مقدسة، إنكم أهل كنائس مقدسة، إنكم أهل كنائس
1: مقدسة، إنكم أهل حق مقدسة، إنكم Many uh, categories in this verse saying that if your fathers, or your children, or your tribe, or your wives, and so on, and the wealth that you have, and so on, if any of these are more beloved to, to you than Allah and His Messenger, and, and striving in His way, not only Allah, but also Allah and His Messenger, and jihad in the way of Allah ta'ala, if any of these are more beloved to, to you then uh, Allah ta'ala, and jihad and the uh, messenger and spreading the word of Allah subhanahu <laughs> wa ta'ala then wait for the command of Allah subhanahu to come. And the Qur'an Quranic expression, wait for the command of Allah to come means enjoy.
2: When you read that in the Quran, this is an expression you'll find many times in the Quran, you should be familiar with what it means. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says wait for the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to come, what does he mean?
1: Hmm? So it means explicitly in this phrase in these phrases it means wait for the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In other words, if any of these things are more beloved to you than Allah's Messenger and jihad his way, then wait for the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to you.
2: So in essence, the believer should love Allah SWT
1: more than anything else, and that love also means that he loves for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.
2: So if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala
1: declares that he loves something, and whenever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands us to do anything, this means he loves thing.
2: And whenever Allah SWT prohibits
1: anything from us, this means he dislikes that thing. So whenever Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala commands us to do something or rules something in the Sharia, this means that He loves thing. and so therefore we also should love that thing out of our love for Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. That is how great Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala should be that we not only love Allah, but based on that love for Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, we love everything that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala does. This is why the believer, for example, one of the things that Allah loves the most is Iman, belief, faith, and the believers. So it is obligatory upon the Muslim to love the believers. And one of the things Allah hates the most is qurr, and disbelief in shirk, and the people of qurr, the qurr, the disbelievers. So therefore the believer should hate the disbelievers. All of that is for the sake of Allah And secondly, also even, even if you wanted to take this point a uh, step further We have to realize as all Allah Taala said in the Quran about the Quran of the Sallallahu alayhi
2: That all of the sharia and everything that Allah Taala has commanded us to do or for we are from, us from All of it is a mercy to us and actually
1: it is even in our own benefit Both in this life and in the future world Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never ordered us to do anything just to so to speak it's a hard time that's
2: <laughs> not true that's what to say it, but I mean Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never
1: orders us to do anything and he just to do it even if it, just to do something difficult for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala everything Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala us to do is for all own benefit both in this life and the earth so therefore
2: how
1: could it be for a believer, someone who claims to be a believer, someone who claims to have iman, then Allah SWT should command him or her to do something and he will dislike that thing. Or Allah SWT should prohibit something and he should like the thing that Allah does. This goes clearly against the essence of iman, of faith, of believing this stuff. And we can take many examples, unfortunately, of this kind of phenomena of, of people not liking certain things. Alhamdulillah, all of the sisters who are, who are attending here are wearing hijab, but you can, if you go to some communities that I've spoken to, you can find sisters who openly will say that they don't like the hijab. They will openly say that they do not like hijab. And of course, if they don't like it, then they usually refuse to work. She's claiming to be a believer, she's claiming to be Muslim, and unfortunately, sometimes they claim, that some of those same people who say that they claim to be the best uh, Muslims that were, or what happened, what happened when I visited a community, and they're not going The believer, whether it's a man or a woman who to take the case of the judge, for example, the we should look at the command of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala and not look at it as this is something Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala has commanded us to do, and we have to do it, and so forth. That is a hardship and actually it's tough, and I don't want to do it, and it's hard. This is this is not how we should look towards the command of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, regardless of what command we're talking about. The Instead, we should look towards the command of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala and say, "This is what Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala has asked us to do." This is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves from me and so therefore I want to do it. The same thing as they said, if a, man, if a man loves his wife very much and his wife wants, wants, her, wants her husband, for example, to wear his hair a certain way or to do something that she likes very much, if he really loves her, he will do it for her. I will do for her. Similarly, so any command that comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we should realize that this is something that Allah loves from us, loves from us to do, and therefore, in return out of our love for Allah, we should submit to it completely and happily.
2: Not just submit, submit to
1: it. Not just submit to it and be unhappy about it, because that's, that again shows there's something wrong in our land But instead, we must submit to it happily, knowing that this is the deed that Allah is pleased with. This is what Allah wants me to do, and when I do it for His sake, He is pleased with it. And when we think about that, and we understand that concept, that every action that we do, even if it's jihad, and sacrificing our life for the sake of Allah it will be very easy for us to do. This is part of the, of the essence of the, the Iman, when the Iman is real that anything Allah wants us to do no matter how difficult it may look like from a worldly point of view we will do it happily, willingly because we know that this is going to be the thing that will please Allah and this is the kind of iman that the Muslim is supposed to have this is the real iman and if we haven't reached that level yet we should look at ourselves and ask us why we haven't reached that level and as I talked about on Friday night I'm, I'm sure that the reason that we haven't reached that level is because of a lack of, of, of understanding, or because of shumahat or shauat that I talked about last time that can be removed by uh,
2: by tzidum.
1: But that is another aspect, another aspect, or another act that can take us from the realm of Islam into the realm of Quran. and we may do it. We may do it. And knowingly, and listen to time, brothers and sisters, listen to time in this life for us to think about these things and take these things seriously before the time comes when it is too late. A third karma, an action that can take you from Islam and Quran, is to believe in any way that somehow there's some guidance or some way of life or some teachings or some practice that is better or superior to what the Prophet has brought and again if we understand what Iman is all about if we understand what the shahad is all about when we say wa the second part of that shahad which is a necessity to enter Islam has some implications one implication is that we believe that the Prophet Muhammad SAW and thought what was revealed to him by Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta and that Allah Subh'anaHu Wa has told us that, that the deen has been perfected and he is pleased with this deed,
2: and that he will not accept any other way of life or any other deed other than
1: what the Prophet SAW has let taught. and this deen and the teachings of Islam have been given to us to lead our lives in this life and the way that it is best for us again I mentioned the verse Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says مُنَّهَا Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala said Subhanahu Wa to, to be a mercy for all of mankind unfortunately This kind of quote, this act of quote, it is is appearing in different ways among many different groups, many different uh, sectors of society, and many different Muslim groups or sectors. And this phenomenon appears when the person starts believing that, yes, this is what the Sharia says.
0: But maybe that's no longer
1: practicable today. Or maybe if we do this thing, which is against the Sharia, it might be better for us. Or maybe given the economic system today, there's some kind of life which is better for us. So if the Muslims want to survive, it will be easier and better for them to follow this way of life or that way of life. And this phenomenon, especially earlier in this year, you saw throughout the Muslim Ummah, actually. You saw throughout the Muslim Ummah, since the law of the time of the, of the Khalifa, the Ottoman Khalifa, who found this kind of corporate throughout the Muslim world. Where Muslims were consciously and by choice, choosing a law, whether it be the Swiss law, the French law, or whatever law it was, choosing that law and claiming that it is better for us to follow this law than it is for us to follow that
3: And this is pure
1: but there's no excuse that can be made to somehow bring this kind of action into Islam and say and say it is not perfect. In Egypt, for example, they brought Socialism and they said that Socialism is going to be a big change. of Socialism. Socialism is better nowadays, it's going to solve our economic problems and so on and so forth. Even if they say all believe the Deen
2: or the religious matters are law, people can still pray and so forth, but the law,
1: will not be according to Islam, this is uh, what's known as secularism even in that case, even they say "Okay, we will still pray and fast and so on and so forth
2: this is still cool this is still cool, because Allah's and Allah's law encompasses all aspects of our
1: life, and if we try to take any aspect away from from Islam and say we follow all of Islam except for this aspect or that aspect this is good. Cool. So, uh, the Prophet of course told us that this kind of thing will be occurring. And he said the first thing that will be removed from Islam will be the haqqam the or the rule,
0: And the last thing will be salah.
1: So the Prophet was clearly describing this phenomena that began in the early of the century after the downfall of the Ottoman Empire, where people were taking the haqqam or the rule out of Islam but of course they were leaving salat and also the rules of the guys were married and so forth and then slowly but surely they started taking the laws also of nikah, the personal laws away from Islam and religion were with their laws and then sooner or later as the Prophet Muhammad Sassim said they would even try to remove salat from the people when now we will be there but this kind, this by the way this kind of court we see it uh, sometimes piecemeal, and in said sentence, for example, the speaker might be talking about Islam, and he will never say, for example, that we want to remove Islam and bring in something new.
3: But many times, if you hear someone say that we have to modify Islam,
1: we have to modify Islam. That by itself is good. Cool. And whenever you say you're modifying Islam, that means you're going to bring ninety percent Islam and another ten percent which isn't Islam, and you're claiming now that this new thing is better than what Islam is. You're claiming now that this new thing that you are creating is better than what you on the Prophet of God. And this is cool And of course, especially in the United States, especially in the United States, there is a very large movement, a very large movement to modify
2: and
1: In fact, just recently there was a there was a, a newspaper article in the Saturday newspaper about, unfortunately, one Muslim who is unfortunate And I say unfortunately because you cannot commit before and have these other qualities at the same time. People are claiming that he's a Muslim scholar and he's leader of Muslims. They just opened a new center in Southern California for the teaching of Islam and dialogue among Muslims and Christians. And the founder of that new center, was, uh, they said he's supposedly the people call him Muslim scholar and so forth. He said clearly that this is a center that is for a new path of Islam. We consider things like cutting the hand of the thief or killing the murderer and unethical. And these are things clearly from the Sharia, and here they are saying that these things are not to be practiced, they are not the best way of life. We now know a way of life which is better than that, which doesn't include these things because these things now we can see in our wisdom that these things are unethical. But I think this is pure. And whenever you hear speakers or when you see people uh taking a from them taking laws from the sharia and trying to twist them and trying to say, well this is no longer practicable today or this is the nineties we have to wake up or this kind of thing. And you should be aware of the fact that this kind of thinking can easily lead you into poor and take you out of the realm of Islam even if you pray and fast and do all those other things. And you make the shahada a hundred a day. If you believe in this and you and you act on this, you have committed kufr, and you are outside of the realm of Islam. Well, so those are three of the ways uh, that someone can make kufr. A fourth way, the well-known, but uh, I'm not trying to discuss the, the uh, I'm not discussing them in, in, in order of importance or something like that, in the sense that there obviously, for example, committing shirk. Sure. Shirk sure, will be the first thing that comes to your mind as, as an action that, that will be school. But because of the limited time, I want to discuss some that perhaps are not always discussed and perhaps that some people don't realize that these actions are school and can take the person from... Uh, from Islam into uh, well another action of these and this one is fairly well known as the kufr, basically of turning away from, from uh, learning the religion basically turning away from striving to practice the religion and so
2: forth
1: kufr is a, a, a Allah subhanahu wa
2: ta'ala says وَمَنْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Who does more wrong than
1: the one who is reminded of the signs or the commands of Allah wa ta'ala and then turns away from it Where the the evil doers there will be a painful punishment. This kind of culprit
3: is the kind of culprit where
1: the person doesn't apply Islam and doesn't learn about Islam and doesn't even care to apply and learn about Islam, although he still claims to be a Muslim. He still calls himself Muslim. Even if he calls himself a Muslim, he is
2: actually committing an act of culprit. You will find people, for example, in this country, in particular culture, in the Muslim world,
1: they are calling themselves Muslims, they are claiming to be Muslim, but when you tell them, for for example, they don't pray, they don't fast, and when you tell them, this is what Allah said in the Quran, that you have to pray fast, they just turn away, they don't even want to hear about it. How come they are claiming to be believers, and they don't want to hear what a Muslim man is telling them in the Quran? Again, all of these aspects of kufr, if we keep in mind what Islam and what Iman true faith is all about, it is very clear why these actions are kufr, why they are the antithesis or the opposite of what Islam and Iman is, is supposed to be all about.
2: Here you are claiming to be a believer, claiming to believe in Allah SWT, <laughs> believe in the Prophet ﷺ,
1: isn't just, by the way, a statement of the tongue. When you claim that you have an iman, you claim that you love Allah Taala, You claim that you fear Allah
3: Taala, You claim that you have hope in Allah Taala. So in that case, what is the love and the fear of Allah Taala, When someone comes to you and tells
1: you that this is what Allah says or this is what what the Prophet said, and you don't even want to listen to it. They show that in fact you don't have any desire to obey (inaudible) Allah You don't have that love to do those things that (inaudible) Allah loves for you to do. You don't have that fear of (inaudible) Allah that you fear in judgment when you don't obey Him, and so on. So this is actually a sign that you are a boy, you are a boy of of, a man. You actually have no amendment as well.
3: Allah
1: s.a.w.t. described in the Quran by saying that these are the people who do the worst wrong I mean they are the most wrong Jewish people and in the year after Allah calls these people who will do evil doers and they will face uh, painful punishment in the hereafter. Another important uh, way that people commit school is by making Tawadila, uh, wonder, wonder for the profile.
3: And let me uh, explain this in a little bit uh, more detail. And let
1: me distinguish between two concepts, two topics that even some scholars fail to distinguish between What is the
3: concept
1: of al-wada? Al-wada is when you have uh, love or support uh, and so on for certain people. For example, the believers are supposed to have wada for the other believers. We're supposed
0: to have love for the believers on the basis of their iman simply because they are
1: believers and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has his belief and we should support each other and we should help each other and so forth this is wala if you make if you have a kind of wala for the kufar for the disbelievers you love them
0: and so forth this is one of the kufar this is one of the great sins
3: but if you make wala for the kufar and the root of the word is the same but the ruling is much different
1: Making wudah for the kufar is one of the great sins, one of the kabayim. But making tawadah for the kufar takes you completely out of Islam. As the Rasul Alawite 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 says, وَمَنْ يَتَوَتَّهُمْ مِنْكُمْ That
2: whoever
1: makes tawadah for them, talking about the Jews and the Christians, the kufar, then he is one of them. In other words, he's no longer a believer, actually he is one of the kufar. Well, the basically is a matter of degree. the is why you love the Kubar more than you love the believers. And you support the Kubar more than you support the believers. And you might even support the Kubar against the believers. This is Tawadah. And this is cool, And this takes the person out of his death.
2: And again, it's amazing that all of this Types of actions
1: that take one from the realm of Islam to the realm of Quran. Unfortunately we see it especially in this past century, especially since the fall of the Hira, since the fall of the Alain Khaliba, we see it throughout the Muslim world. You'll see Muslim, Muslim countries, Muslim governments supporting the Kufa against their brother Muslims. And not just wala, not just giving them more respect and love than they are deserving. Then we are going to give them as a believer which is from the uh, Quran, from the great sins but actually supporting them against the Muslim whether it is internally whether it is internally sometimes the Muslim government will allow the Quran and help the Qubar fight the Muslims inside the government or whether it is externally
3: whether the Muslims in hand with the
1: Qubar fight against Muslimin. All of this is a kind of quwadla. Islam is wala, quwadla. This is the one that takes the person out of the realm of Islam and into the realm of Quran. While itself, like in mean from the Quran, as like I said, in it itself is a, is a great sin. And it was a very important topic Islam, it it to the, in Islam, the concept of quwadla. But of course we don't have time to discuss it you have that up there, you can see things we are making money. Oh, okay. Well, how many of you have been uh, so far? How many of you have been so far? What's a good one to do? What's a good one, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's a good one to do next? Okay, there is one. Uh, there's one act of court which uh, isn't that common in the United States but unfortunately it seems to be spreading. Unfortunately it seems to be spreading because of some particular moments that are spreading throughout the United States. And this is the belief but the sharia is at
2: one level the sharia is at one level and there are people who might come at a specific level where they no longer have to apply the sharia
1: that there is a special sharia for them that we so beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for example that everything is halal for them
3: whatever they want to do is halal
2: in this court,
1: says there is in the Quran to Islam in Islam, with But of the reward of the prayer,
2: of life other than life of the the of the the way of, life of in
1: the Sharia, the way him
0: iho, as
1: the of the after, it will be the 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 of the not to apply the Sharia. If anyone was so beloved to Allah that he doesn't have to apply the Sharia, it should have been first and foremost the Prophet Muhammad Of all the people who are so beloved to Allah and they don't have to apply the Sharia they claim,
2: it should have been first and foremost the Prophet Muhammad They should find more than one place in the Quran in which Allah and the dread
1: to Prophet Muhammad if he doesn't fulfill his duty to Muhammad Allah or if he doesn't do certain acts that Muhammad Allah required for him. The Prophet Muhammad wasn't free to do anything. The Prophet Muhammad was restricted by the Sharia and he was commanded by Muhammad wa Allah to follow the Sharia and to follow the Sunnah. And if anyone claims, if anyone doesn't even have to claim for himself, If anyone believes that somebody else doesn't have to follow the Sharia, this is beautiful. But as I mentioned, unfortunately, many super groups are spreading throughout the United States. They're getting more and more vocal, more and more influential. And with that, they are also bringing this this attack forward. Another kind of cover, uh, and I guess this will lot, to be the last one we have time to discuss, because I have to leave to the to the earlier. We might take. Uh, I'll discuss this one, and then maybe take a few a couple questions quickly inshallah. Another kind of cooker that we see a lot, unfortunately, and we can hear from many many speakers, I don't know how many speakers, and what we. The point, before, the point of this, this lecture was not to criticize uh,
2: other
1: people but unfortunately when I think of these things and when I think of what happened, I get a little bit upset and sometimes I, <laughs> I, mean, I uh, don't have too much that I uh, wasn't really to me. But, uh, but especially when making dawah to Islam, I heard many, many, many people. And even that way the argument doesn't make any sense in itself. But I've heard many, many people who are asked, the speakers who are asked, what do, what do you Muslims think about Christians and Jews? Are they kufar? Are they disbelievers? And so many speakers. And unfortunately nowadays it's such a big thing about the kufar. And this is really one of the tricks of the shaitan. That the kufar, of course, is not wet well enough to figure this out. The one of the tricks of I thought that so many Christians you you meet, they say, they'll say to you, there's one thing I like about my religion or I like about my being Christian or this Christian group that I'm in now. I used to be Catholic for example in this was, this group. But we don't believe that the other people are wrong and that they're all going to hell And I like that about my group. That is nonsense. Even what you believe is right or it's wrong. Even what you believe is And the others are wrong, or what you believe might be wrong. And this is the same thing that these speakers are doing when they say, Do you Muslims consider Jews and Christians go on And so many of them say, Oh, no, they're good people. So obviously, what's the next question? The next question they always get is, Well, why should I become (laughs) Muslim?
2: What? What's
1: David, and also Jewish
2: in that statement. So reaction, and they asked and he said, Well, if that's the case, why should I become Muslim? Why should I become Jew? The Muslim he could answer. But he was told by what He had trouble answering. I think
1: the Jewish could answer. He said, Well, that's for the honor of being Jewish. <coughs> At least he could give you an answer. The Muslim are the first could give you an answer. But the is that the, the concept itself is actually good. Either you as a Muslim believe that the Prophet Muhammad was the true messenger and what he says is true, or what the Quran says is true, or you don't believe. Mm-hmm. Either one of you, the Muslim, Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam declared the Christians and Jews and called them kuffar. If the Quran and the Prophet Muhammad said says that whoever of the Jews and Christians hears about him and doesn't believe him, he will die in the capital
2: and he will be in the hellfire. And Allah Muslim, Muhammad there is only one God that this not about friendly so well, is all If you believe in that, and you have to, if you believe in that, you have to accept the idea that these people are a and their beliefs
1: are covered, or
0: you don't believe
1: in it. If you don't believe in it, then you are committing make covered. So when people say, no, no, the kubara, they're not kubara, we cannot call them a and so
2: forth. We are actually committing an act
1: of kubara. the one of Allah, and one and what the Prophet Muhammad said is true, and we believe that as believers, or what they said isn't true, or we have some doubt about it. And doubt that Islam is equal to God.
0: And if you have some doubt about what the Quran says what Prophet Muhammad
1: said, this also is God. And as I said, uh, this is probably the last one I have time to talk through. All of these that I've discussed, but sometimes some brothers, do when they talk about the but they don't. Uh, if we started with Shirk, we, we started would have spent a whole hour studying the different types of Shirk. That's very important, but many people have talked about already. And I'm sure probably all of you have heard lectures, maybe some of you have given lectures about like Shirk and different types of Shirk. So that's why I wanted to mention these and, uh, and the women's time that we have. To, we have to realize that we have to be careful of these other kinds of court. And we have a word of but we also have to be Israel, the kind of these other kinds of that we don't commit them, and if we see anyone else committing them, it is an obligation upon us to advise them. The Prophet said, I feel care, that they are seeing the religion as sincere advice and sincerity to Allah to to His messenger and the leader of the Muslims and the general Muslim party. So when we see someone committing an action which is corporate, we should take them aside and sincerely talk to them, and say if you're a brother or sister, you have to be aware of how great that action is.
2: For sensitive reasons, it's a school.
1: And if you don't change your ways, even if you pray in fast, unless you're out a child, they treat you as a cataclysm. So I'm going to have a little step on the other day. as then short if have a
2: quick question, that I could go ahead and hand
1: on my way to the, uh, to the open. <laughs> that's not necessarily a question. But that is a question. Um, when you mentioned those um, you know, sisters making dresses, those like, you know, sisters making fun of dress those sisters dress and I guess how do you deal with individuals like that when they stay there mostly? And, I don't know I guess that's the hard part of more like, than I say giving God or two Muslims mm-hmm. how do you get yeah, I mean how you know how, I don't know I like, guess how do you do it how do you handle it how do you go about the, it the, the way that I approach it the same way that I commented kind it applied in this uh, in this lecture in of, say, to tell them to tell them clearly look, we are Muslims we are Muslims how do they live Muslims we should believe in and we should love and we should respect the things that Allah and has told us to do. And this is clear If we claim to be Muslims, we have to love Allah, we have to love the things he commanded, and we have to show respect for the things he commanded. And don't, don't just tell them if this is wrong what you are doing, but make them understand the actions that they are doing towards Allah and That they are actually making fun and showing sure, disrespect for something that Allah and Allah loves or has commanded. And then finally show them the proof that actually this is common, and we have to stop it. And then we shall let the woman, if the sister has not been mad, and her this kind of fault, this kind of uh, evidence, then we shall let her fetch her, specifically, she would do her best to stop the candy here. mentioned two, two terms just very quickly you, you were saying that one of the reasons that uh, 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 there's a lack of knowledge amongst some Muslims and they think have Shugahat and Shephel would you um, just for those who may not know the terms Shugahat and Shephel I talked about that um, Friday night that we knowledge can remove these two Shugahat and Shephel Shugahat are in Dallas and misconceptions that the shaitan brings to you. Making doubt about Islam, making doubt for example, about the Quran, or the Quran, or the Sunnah, or the the Sunnah, or the This is sure to have that come from Allah. I mean, doubts that come from the shaitan, uh, the doubts of Allah is gone through. The shaharas are the desires that someone has. Even if we know that something is wrong it's good life Shikhan, and it's good-like by Allah, in his notes, he might have some desire to enjoy that thing, and uh, this is known as the uh, Shahuwat. And Alm is one of the best ways to remove the Shahuwat because it is through Alm or through knowledge that you understand that the small pleasure that you might get from that Quran is nothing compared to uh, the discipline of Allah and the punishment that you have to face uh, when meeting Allah. That's why those people who, are, who do simple acts are called by Allah as Juhat. Just people who are uh, people who are people of ignorance. And Allah says, In self, but I like. the of Torah, to the hour of is the meaning of the
2: law of the law of the
1: law of the 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 of the law of the law of the of the law the they were stupid in what they did. <laughs> stupid was to do something to displease all this kind of data. And if they may over from there before today, no want to all this kind of data will accept to uh-huh. so, uh, no uh, You mentioned a group. So, uh, one of the groups. That have some of the beliefs, particularly the belief um, that some people are exempt from the Sharia, and um, there's some of the beliefs that they have. I believe, such as praying to dead saints or even to the prophet, um, among the Sufis. Now, are there some among them who are within the bounds of the Sharia that the people um, uh, would not necessarily consider in the same category? If if you see the the Sufi and the different Sufi tariffas, what I've been able to find, and I've studied a number of them in detail from from their own sources, from their own references, is
3: that you will find some among the Sufi people, for example, someone might join a Sufi tariff
1: himself will not have believed which your kubhah but by joining that sufi tarifa inside the sufi tarifa they will do some actions which are bid'ah like some actions which are and so forth but he himself may not have any belief which is common and that happens to Allah because they join the sufi tarifa because they see the sufi as being wise and humble and so forth and they go to Allah and so forth and, and, the and, the and, the and, the and they join the tarifa and they do these acts of bid'ah inside the tariqah every tariqa that I have been able to stay but there are all sources, the actual tariqa and those people who are the shuh or the leaders of the tariqa who believe in the teachings of the tariqa every so-called I have found has had cover in its teachings everyone among, among the individuals who might belong to they might not have any cover small or, I should say small, they have data related to, for example, some acts of faith and so forth. But if you study their teachings as the Tariqah, you'll find that every one of them has teachings that go against the Quran Sunnah to the point that it is covered. For example, almost every every Tariqah believes in the Aqtah, or the the, the people, the seven uh, Aqtah, or the people who are ruling the world. And they think that nothing happens without their will. If you teach, if you, if you study the history of these kalithas, you will that they believe in that concept. Almost every tariqah believes that the uliya or the wada of Allah are better than the Sahara. Those people who they call the uliya after the time of Allah S.W.T. these people are often are better than the Sahara. And all of these I actions, mean, all of these beliefs I mean go really against the Quran of Sunnah. Some of them are clear corporate and some of them are born like and, and not corporate. But unfortunately uh, among the people who join them, who are less impressed by their actions and their behavior so forth, well, many of the people who join them may never have those beliefs. And they may not even realize that the believers that they join actually have those beliefs. And that's, that's part of the, uh, the problem that we have uh, with the service. And many people know that they don't even know what it is they're joining. In dealing with those people, uh, uh, in a straight group, so people who make cooking and yeah. weeks, and maybe the leadership and the and, uh, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, I
1: mean, at least like when you're here in where we are, like practically, the ones that. Uh, more dominant are the ones who have had some concept. Come so in contact with a, you know, with a you know, normal person, and, uh, like we discussed earlier about the discomfort that you have. You know, when you when you try to find someone and you see <coughs> you see them like uh, like Lassie, Lassie, uh, you know, that right. The question is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just want you to respond to that question and how to deal with it. Yes. Uh, uh, I alluded to this earlier in, in, uh, in the lecture. Uh, I want to just make, the, make this point again. That in some cases, not all, well, not all cases, but in some cases, there's a difference between over and cap. You know, if someone could have a belief, as I mentioned in the, in the beginning of the lecture, someone could have a belief or doing an action which is Kuber, but he himself would not Kuber, because he may bring it out of ignorance or based on some teachings that he received, which are not correct, and he has no way of knowing if they are not correct. So there's a difference, there's a big difference between Kuber and Kuber. But at the same time, if we see Kuber in someone, even though he does not make the person Kuber uh, himself. If we seek open up, we know the people around the groups of innovation and all that. Ahl al do Then
0: it's a privilege upon us not to have the same type of will towards them
1: that we have towards the believers, which do not have those things. In other words, uh, we know that someone is committing, uh, uh, someone is committing some kind of pirah. Our treatment of them is not the way we treat the believers, but it's somewhere between the way we treat other the believers and the way we treat the Quran, the way we treat. And it depends on the situation of the Muslims, by the way. The Muslims of Abbas and the Rejama are strong,
0: and they uh, are able to put pressure on that person. For example, let's say that we have a mosque, the mosque is unified, the people are all uh, good believers, they understand Islam, and someone tries to introduce some kind of hiddah. It might be the case that all of the people or the mosque will agree to make a from that person
1: don't say an act to him, don't talk to him, don't do anything with him. if they are in a position of strength to do that, they can do that. They can do that, can to, what, what the Prophet said and the Sahara, they go to uh, of the and in the and the other two, the Sahara, did not go to the Qadr of the they can sit in an act which is mafia, it wasn't a was mafia, or a sinful act, and this is how the Prophet said them to all the believers, they do not even make a certain to him, or have anything to do with Qadr and the and the other to will not make it to the deal what you have. But if the position of the Muslims
2: are weak, like that, the sin of the Sunnah of Jama'ah is weak, then they have to see how they can deal with that jihad.
1: For example, if someone comes from Rahul Jihad to a mosque where the believers are not very strong, they're not united in their haqqi and so forth,
2: and you try to put down that person harshly, for example, making it him, what you do, what you might do, is split the mosque in two, and can that
1: possibly even join that person's bid So you have to look at the situation, We have to realize the situation and see that sometimes the best you can do is just warn people about the person's bid and tell them, you know, not to follow this, this is something wrong and so forth. And the other extreme is to actually put pressure, uh, physical, economic, and social pressure on the, on the business. So it depends greatly upon the situation. Uh, I mean, you can say uh, it have, it's a matter of each to have for the Muslim leadership and exactly how they should deal with it but on a personal basis if you know the person has committed sins or has some kind of filah you do not give him the same kind of filah that you give to, to the other leaders I think inshallah I have not rule uh, and subhanAllah let's get through it to
0: In conclusion, we ask Allah that He brings you benefit through this lecture. For more information, you may contact us through the following address. The Islamic Propagation Office, Rabwa, P.O. Box 29465, Riyadh 11457, Saudi Arabia. Phone 445-4900. Also, 491-6065. Facts, 497-0126. If you would like to listen to more beneficial lectures, feel free to visit our website at www.islamhouse.com. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.